everybody. Welcome in to this episode of FarzCast. Farzy and Masugian here with you. Hope you guys are having a good week. Big thanks to all of you who joined yesterday. Melanie McAllister, excuse me, joined me on the program. Uh, had a lot of fun talking about her book and all of her ventures that she has done and her upcoming projects. So check out that podcast if you haven't already. Got a lot of exciting guests coming up. In the month, we've got Jason Brown from Last Chance U, Jason Dunn, former Kansas City Chief, uh, Adam Pock from Big Brother 13, uh, Jared McMullen from Friday Night Cranks, Dan Shanka, a uh, former Chiefs and KU football scout. So a lot of exciting guests coming up. Some of them are returning to the podcast. Some of them first-time guests. Speaking of first-time guests, uh, I've got a first-time guest with me here, and I'm very excited to have this man on. Played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also played for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Of course, a lot of you guys out there are Nebraska fans as well. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this guy play during his time in Kansas City. Former cornerback Eric Warfield is here with me on Farscast. Eric, what's going on, man? Man, I just got around the golf in. Uh, wasn't the best. You know, this old body doesn't hold up for 18 holes very well. So went out and did what I could. So now I'm here joining you. Yeah, well, well this exciting uh, show. I, I, w- I was going to ask, uh, I know you've been up to so much uh, since uh, retirement. I know you're, you're golfing a lot. I see that on Instagram. Um, my friend Marcus, you guys uh, co-host the podcast together with Jason Dunn. Uh, I mean, I see you doing all kinds of things out there. Uh, how, how are things for you uh, in your uh, post-NFL life? I mean, it, it, you know, people have their struggles. You know, um, you have certain things that occur in life that, you know, you have no control of, you know, you have losses and, uh, you know, those are kind of devastating at times, depending on um, how big of a loss it is. And, you know, I had my grandmother just passed not to a couple of months ago. So that's, that was tough. And along with you know, some other that. things that appreciate it. And, uh, you know, some other things uh, that have occurred in life, but I'm just trying to make the most of it, you know. Um, it's been a fun ride. Um uh, but, you know, mentally, it's, there's times where you struggle. Um, you know, um, I have a great family support system. I have a great friend support system. Um, but yet, you know, I don't live with them 24-7. So, you know, there's times when you're alone. And, uh, heck, you know, I, I don't know if it's the camaraderie that you miss or if it's um, the games that you miss or if it's just, you know, trying to adapt to a, a different way of life. But, um but, you know, it's, it's been fun and, it, and it's had it's, it's, it's uh, trouble time. So, I mean, it, it is what it is right now. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your playing career in just a moment, but I did want to share a, a, a story with you, if you don't mind, for a moment. Um, because and you know, I, I've shared with people, people don't understand this because my family and I are originally from Iran. So, uh, you know, American football is not very, uh, it doesn't appeal over there. So we moved uh-huh. here in 93 and we had heard about the chiefs in the nineties and, and how crazy it was, but we never really got into it. Cause that's not an appealing sport to us, but I started watching in 2002 and this guy named Dante Hall is returning kickoffs and doing all kinds of crazy things. And, and that got me hooked. I showed the highlights of my family and they got hooked. Uh, I went to, a, there was a classmate of mine in elementary school. He took me to my first Chiefs game. My dad and I, we attended the Colts and Chiefs no punt playoff game that year. And then uh, my brother and my mom had yet to attend a Chiefs game. And I'll never forget this. Uh, it was the Panthers, uh, Chiefs Panthers week two home opener for the Chiefs. And we were really excited to go. It was our first time, all four of us together going to Arrowhead. And 
we are obviously excited to see Trent Green, Priest Holmes, also guys like yourself, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, and I, I remember uh, that week you did get into some trouble off the field and we were really bummed to hear the news because you were one of our favorites and we weren't sure if you were going to play that week uh, in the Panthers game. And I remember in that Panthers game, the game, I think it was a two possession game and you got an interception and you took it back to the house and, for a touchdown and Arrowhead exploded. So that was really our first experience uh, getting that Arrowhead pop was you taking that pick six back. So you, you, you've got a, you've got a pretty special place in our, uh, in our uh, Chiefs fandom uh, for my family and I. So that, I, I've always wanted to share that story with you. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know what? Um, it's, it's good hearing from, from, from people like yourself, the fans like yourself. Uh, you know, I, I've kind of gone back and forth with you on, uh, on, on social media. So, I mean, I consider you a friend. So, um, and I met quite a few people uh, through social media. Uh, and, and it has its perks, uh, and it also yeah. can hurt you in certain ways, also. But uh, you know, it, the, the, I've, I've had some good games. I've had some bad games. You know, I've, I've um, that game. I had some a lot of family in town, and uh, yeah, like you said, you know, some things happened afterwards, um, and I ended up going out with some friends, and probably should have just stayed my butt at home. But you know, that, that, that's a you know thing of the past and uh, part of. Uh, my life that I'm still working on. So, you know, that, that's a never ending thing. So um, it's keeping that under control. So, um, you know, football was great for me. You know, it was a, it was a, a, a career that to be honest, I never thought would happen. I never thought I was a great football. I thought I was just a good athlete because I played all sports in high school and I thought I was pretty good in all, all sports. And by far I thought I, football was my worst sport. And it ends up, I turned, you know, because, a pro athlete at it so uh yeah i honestly thought i'd be a, on the olympics running hurdles and trying to high jump or on some nba basketball team but uh fortunately um marty made the call and, and made me a chief you, i mean you mentioned marty uh i mean you you played for marty schottenheimer you played for dick vermeil uh i mean two big legends in, in, in chief's history and i know they didn't win a championship here but that doesn't take away from the great things that they brought to arrowhead i mean Marty and uh, Carl Peterson. I mean, those guys really revamped. Oh yeah, uh, the 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 franchise, and I think I feel like uh, Dick Vermeil definitely really helped reignite that. Uh, what can you talk about in terms of playing for those two guys, and and how did those two guys help you out in your career? You know, it was just unfortunate that Marty never got the to, to the Super Bowl or, or never got that ring. Yeah, because uh, he's a, a great coach. You know, great motivational speaker. Uh, great game plans, and it just had, you know, little things that just backfired on him. And, and especially, like, when he went to San Diego, I knew that they had the better team um, and, and were going to win the Super Bowl that year. And I think it came down to a guy getting an interception for San Diego, and instead of him just downing the ball, I think he tried running it back and fumbled it, uh, which cost him that game. So uh, it's just, you know, he luck just wasn't on his side. You know, we ended up losing a great coach. Um, you know, legend coach, legendary coach uh, for the NFL, you know, this past season. So um, it was tough. And and Coach Jamil is just one of those, you know, he's definitely a father figure. You know, he gets to know every single guy and he gets emotionally attached. You know, we always, you know, joke about how he cried and uh, during uh, most of his speeches. But, you know, he, he put his all into it. You know, there was a lot of times where uh, he would spend the night at the stadium, you know, because that's, you know, he, that was his dedication to it. 
And, and for what he did in St. Louis, what he did in Philly, he was making it work. You know, it was just unfortunate that, uh, I mean, I can admit that our defense wasn't good enough to, to complement the offense that he put together yeah. in Kansas City to get us that, that, that uh, Super Bowl. You know, and I, again, think we had the better team that year, um, you know, which was the no punt game. Uh, so that, 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 that sucked, but you know, he, he's still, you know, one of a kind coach and, you know, uh, I think should probably go into the hall of fame. So. You referred to the no punt game. We, we've already mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, like I said, 2003, um, you know, that, that's when my family and I really started to get into football and just the things you guys did that year. I know Dante Hall had a huge uh, hand in that uh, just coming through and clutch moments. And, and I know you mentioned the defense wasn't the best, but if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe you guys were one of the best, if not the best when it came to takeaways or turnover takeaways. differential. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the offense, you know, I mean, there's no really need to, to get into that. Can you just talk about that year, the nine and no start and all the crazy things you guys did that year? What was that year like for you? It was an exciting year. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we brought in a lot of new guys. I think Bonnie Holiday had just came in. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Sean Barber had just came in uh, to, to, to add to that defense that we had. Um, but we just, for some reason, when it came down to that big game, and I'll be honest, and I told, I've told a lot of people this, as far as for me, um, I had been dealing with back issues for the years previous to that. And uh, throughout the season, and instead of me getting it fixed, I was getting an epidural shot. You know, I got three epidural shots a year uh, for about three or four years before I ended up having to have surgery. And I had surgery right after that game that we played Indianapolis uh, and probably shouldn't have played that game. But, you know, this is a chance that you, know, you have to play, uh, well, not even play, but, you know, to, to, to carry your team into the Super Bowl, of which we thought was the best team that year. So we ended up, um, the coaching staff and uh, Carl Peterson, we, they thought it was best that I didn't sit, that I, that I would sit out that last game of the season, which was against Chicago, to try to give my back some healing time. And going into that, um, you know, I, I knew I wasn't 100%, but I had to give all I could. And, you know, the crazy thing about that was that I ended up watching that game two months ago and realized that I really didn't play all that bad. I think they had one catch for uh, maybe 20 yards. And uh, I know there was a deep pass that, you know, that I couldn't see that me and Marvin both lost in the sun. And I think it hit went through my hands in the end zone. Uh, one was a double move that he uh, – that I, he tripped me up and, and, and I fell and, and it was overthrown. Uh, but it wasn't that bad of a game, but I just know that uh, physically I wasn't uh, able to perform at my best in that game. And, and I, you know, Marvin's a great receiver. He's a Hall of Fame receiver. You know, that whole cast uh, was great. You know, Peyton Manning, Edron James, um, yeah. uh, I think it was Stokely. Um, yeah. You know, they, they had a good team. And it was just unfortunate that, uh, you know, it was both sides. We can't just say our, our defense was, you know, the worst out there because their defense couldn't stop our offense. Um, you know, it just it, – it, it that hurt. That, that hurt a lot of people uh, on that team um, and, and it, the fans and because we knew we had it that year. And it just came down to that game. How are you feeling now? Uh, you were talking about, you know, you're back and all of that. Uh, are you feeling a lot better now than, than you did back then? Or, or are you still dealing with any hey, issues? I mean, I still get epidural shots a year. And, um, 
you know, I'm afraid to do the surgery again, but eventually I may have to. Um, I've been told to try out the uh, stem cells, um, but I know nothing about any of that. And I don't really know anybody that's gone through it. So um, I don't know if I want to take that chance. And I kind of don't really want to go through surgery again. Yeah. So I have my struggles. I, I don't get a good night's sleep on any given night. Um, you know, golf isn't the best, but um, I have to do something with my time socially. And it's, it, it's one of those to where you don't have to hit the bar, you don't have to swing hard, uh, but it gets me out of the house and get, keep me active. So, and I get to meet a lot of new people out here, wherever I go, basically uh, playing the sport. We are talking to Eric Warfield, former uh, Kansas City Chiefs cornerback, uh, also broadcasting this live on my Facebook page, also on the real Kansas City Chiefs fans' Facebook page. So big thanks to those guys for sharing this as well. Uh, I did want to ask you, your final season with the Chiefs in 2005, uh, I mean, just such a, a, a hard way to end the season. I mean, you guys had such a great year. You finished 10-6, and six, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the Chiefs at the time were like the fifth or sixth team in NFL history to miss the playoffs with um with 10 games which is so weird because they expanded the playoffs this year and you had a 10-win team like the miami dolphins missed yeah. out but then you had that craziness in the nfc east um can you talk about you know the, the kind of season you guys had in 05 and how tough it was not being able to make it to the playoffs despite all the good things you guys did that year i mean yeah that was very disappointing to to see that you know you had a somewhat decent season and our offense was so exciting to watch. Even as, you know, defensive players, we, we enjoyed watching what they were putting on display. You know, Priest was having phenomenal seasons back-to-back. And uh, I think Larry had stepped in also and was, you know, kicking butt also. And so to have both of those guys, you know, uh, being able to carry the ball easily for 100 yards per game. And I think Priest was averaging over, over maybe 250, close to 300 uh, total yards per game. So, and then you add the uh, – you know, dynamics of what Dante was doing and, uh, you know, the Hall of Famer, Tony Gonzalez. So it, there was a lot of excitement. And to, to, to know that we had given it up the year before with the no punt uh, was the indie game. So, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of felt like there was some unfinished business, but it's just, you know, things just didn't turn out the way we thought they would. You did uh, play uh, – I don't think you played a regular season game, but you were with the New England Patriots. I, I'm curious, in your short time with the Patriots, uh, you know, you got to be under Bill Belichick, who, you know, I mean, his name speaks for itself. Uh, yes. what, what was that experience like? What did you learn from uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> during your time there? It was tough uh, going in because I knew physically, even after the surgery, I knew I couldn't, you know, keep up with a lot of the receivers that were – starters probably even nickelbacks at that time because my body was just not able to uh to do it any longer and so when i got to new england there were certain things that i did in kansas city that got me through days that got me through weeks i wasn't able to do it in, in new england because i was still trying to make a team i was still trying to make the starting lineup and so i couldn't take certain reps off i couldn't do uh you know uh certain things within the team to give me my body the the, the proper um well healing time that it needed and so uh, I was pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to get that spot to where it just didn't work out. And so it came down to the, I think the last preseason game of the, of the, uh, of the year. And uh, you know, I got that tap on the shoulder that nobody ever wants to get. And uh, you know, that was it for me, but I, I there was a, a, that was a great experience. You know, the, 
uh, New England is a, a well-run program and, and to see how Belichick treats everybody within that organization, because, you know, you look at Tom Brady and what he means to that, that, that team in that city, you know, he was treated just like every other person on the team. You know, that's one thing that really surprised me was because if he did mess up, you know, if that, you know, coach Belichick would treat him the same as he treated everybody else uh, because for playing for that long, you see how uh, certain players get special treatment. And, heck, I kind of got special treatment when I was in Kansas City. Like I said, I didn't have to run every play. I didn't have to do everything within the practice because I needed the, the, the time for my back um, to not flare up. So uh, I kind of got the same thing, but not to that extent as to what, you know, other guys did. Uh, and so to see how, you know, he treated Tom Brady uh, was, uh, was eye-opening. It was like, hey, you know, we're all the same out here. But that's why they went. No, my brother and I have always joked, uh, you know, Tom Brady's probably the guy who just gets to sit out quite a lot and, and just kind of gets to do his own thing. Um, I, I, my friend Kyle, he, he had a question. He's a huge Tom Brady fan. In fact, he's the one who runs the um, uh, the the Real Chiefs fans page. He wanted to know kind of what it was like to, uh, to be around Tom Brady. And I don't know if you can maybe compare, and I, I don't know exactly how long you were in Foxborough, but here in Kansas City, we finally get that experience of a superstar in Patrick Mahomes. Can yeah. you kind of see similarities in Brady and Mahomes and how they get treated with that superstar? With the star treatment, oh, of course. You know, Patrick has done phenomenal for the few years that he's been in the league. And, uh, you know, all granted to what he's done for himself. Um, the guy is a special talent. And just like Tom Brady, he's a special talent. And to see where Tom came from, you know, I think he was a fifth-round pick, you know, playing behind Bledsoe. Um, I wanted, I think he was a fifth-round fifth pick. Uh, I think it was sixth round. Uh, sixth? But, but, yeah, he was late, that's for sure. Yeah, late late pick either way. And, and you know, to see how, um, you know, as a kid, and we try to push little kids to do so much to be faster, to be stronger, to, to be tougher. And the thing I always tell kids is like, as long as you give the effort, you know, uh, as far as what you want, the position you want to play, uh, learn it. Learn your craft and give the effort 100%. Because you don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the tallest. You don't have to be the biggest. Tom Brady might be the slowest guy in the NFL and has, has probably got the most accolades than anybody. Um, and I just enjoyed to see the little things that he did on and off the field. I, I, I guess I got to hang out with him twice and it was uh, an award cer ceremony that they had in, uh, in, in New England. And Tony came, Tony Gonzalez came down uh, with a few other um, players that were named for these awards and, um, heck, we went into this bar afterwards and literally people just cried when Tom walked in and Tom doesn't go out for appearances much. You know, his time is practice and he's at home, um, you know, doing his thing. So when he stepped out, you know, I, I literally saw people cry and I had never really seen that before. You know, I, I, I had, you know, hung out with, uh, who was my man? Uh, I, heck I'd been out with Charles Barkley, I've seen Michael Jordan now and uh, all these other people. And I've never seen people just cry. So and then, then Tom steps out and I literally saw people cry. I was like, man, he's on a whole new level. He's on a, a different level. He's up there with Michael Jackson <laughs> type of star fame. So. Um, 
uh, another Facebook question. Ty asked, uh, he wanted to know if he feels like you would have been a good safety in the NFL uh, because that's the position that you played in college. Uh, if his memory serves, is that accurate? Did you play uh, safety in college? Yes. Okay. Yep. Do you feel like that would have been a more ideal position, uh, or, or, or how do you feel about how that all panned out? I don't know. Um, it's hard to look back and say what if. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just blessed that I had the chance to play the amount of years that I did play, and at a position I never played. Um, you know, I took the the the, the rings from three guys that that I thought were phenomenal when I got to Kansas city. And that was Dale Carter, James Hasty, and Mark McMillan, uh, who were, who would all make the pro bowl at one point in time. And when I got to Kansas city, they were all playing at a high level. So it was, uh, them having to show me a, a whole new concept of what football is because I had never covered it, covered anybody one-on-one, you know, even at safety, we never at Nebraska, came down to cover one-on-one. I was not that that type of a, of a safety. And, heck, I wasn't even a big hitter. I was just, you know, I had good ball awareness and, you know, could roam around the field pretty uh, – backfield pretty good to prevent some of the big plays. So it was um, – to, to, to get the phone call, I know I've said this a hundred times, like I honestly thought that my career had basically started and ended with that phone call because – I didn't think I had a chance at that corner. I didn't know why they wanted to make that move, but, you know, it ended up working. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Ron Parker was a corner, and he really struggled at that position. But when they converted him to safety, he seemed to do a lot better. I think he was, like, one of the top safeties in the NFL when it came to pass deflection. So, you never know. Uh, know, Charles Woodson made the move at the end of his career. So, uh, it it is definitely when you – Going from corner to safety makes a lot more sense, you know, because you 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 understand a lot more when you come from that position, having to cover one on one to going to a safety and to to see um, uh, a big a broader spectrum of the field to what you have to to control. Uh, and, and Charles Wilson did a great job of, of, of transitioning uh, from corner to safety. Uh, I, I never had that opportunity. Uh, like I said, body for one, my body for one didn't allow me to to go on any farther. So. Um, but you know, if, if I had the chance, I, I think I could have done well at it. We'll get back to some of the, uh, social media questions. There were a lot of really good questions. Uh, we'll try to get, uh, one or two more later on. Uh, I did want to ask you, and we kind of touched on this uh, a little bit, uh, when talking about the, uh, the Panthers game, uh, I know you had multiple DUIs, uh, during your time in Kansas city. Uh, and I know you, I believe you had a four game suspension, uh, from the NFL, uh, for those incidents, um, can you talk about what that experience was like for you and what the biggest learning lesson was and, and how have you rebounded from those incidents? So going through all that, like I had no idea um, what was entailed with this NFL experience. And, and you know, being a, a kid on the high school team that, you know, thought he was pretty decent and then going to college and, and, and being, you know, on a really good team. Um, and still trying to find your way. Uh, and all of a sudden you get to Kansas city and the first couple of years I was in Kansas city, like I, you know, I had people excited that I was there, but I wasn't a starter then. And all of a sudden, you know, I became a starter. Um, you know, people began to critique and criticize uh, much of what you did. And heck, you know, I can go out and have a, a great game and give up one play in the game. And that entire write up in the newspaper on the news is going to be like, you know, 
he did, he got burned. And so uh, mentally there was years to where I, I wish I, I wasn't on a pro team and, you know, I, I found myself just out partying, you know, just doing whatever, just to avoid whomever and whatever um, to keep my mind away from a lot of that criticism. So, um, you know, it, it's, Still today, I think uh, we had with the podcast that I do now with Jason Dunn and Marcus. Yeah, I think we had a post and uh, one of the guys had a comment on it. I I don't remember exactly how he worried, but it was something to the point of like how how bad I suck with the Chiefs. You know, that 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 as old as it is and, you know, it being just words um, posted, it still affects you a little. Um, yeah. to know that you had to deal with it then and you still have to deal with it now. Well, let me, and I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, I mean, there are a lot of shitty comments like that online, but here's a better question. Like how many of those guys will say it to your face? True. They and won't. None of them probably will, but I can't sit back and say that people don't read it, uh, especially athletes. You know, yeah. there's a lot of talk about, you know, I'm pretty sure LeBron is dealing with it too because you know he's up there with considered one of the best greatest of all time and you know there's a lot of great talk about him but then there's also a lot of bad talk and as much as you say that you don't read it or acknowledge it it still messes with you you know Kevin Durant has proven that he's created you know a false page to go back and try to argue with people which I wouldn't do and I don't argue with people over social media but you know words can hurt um and a lot of people don't understand that. And when you have, especially uh, if you're a father and you're raising kids and you want them to be yeah. uh, a professional athlete and someday, you know, and you sit here and you, you're typing all this stuff about how you feel about your, your opinions about a person. And yet, you know, what if your kid is there one day and they got to deal with the same thing? So uh, uh, some of it, you know, I can overlook it. And then some of it is just, you know, it touches on. So. Well, you know what's funny? A lot of times, you know, I mean, people will say all these things. And like I said, I mean, they're, they're never going to say it to your face. And the other thing, other thing is like they're, they're putting the time and effort to say those kinds of things. And here's the worst part. And listen, I mean, you obviously have a bigger following than I do, but I know some people they'll they've got nothing better to do. So they'll they'll make a comment. And my problem was in what social media is I used to respond to everybody, even the trolls, just to try to find some common ground. But that never works. Um I mean, at the end of the day, I just learned, you know, ignoring them or blocking them is just way better because all they want is a rise out of you. That's all they want because, you know, they've got nothing better to do. Like, that's the way I look at it. And look, I don't doubt what you're saying when you say words hurt. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you say something shitty, of course, it's going to bother them. But, you know, these are the same people who they, they would love to trade spots with you at the end of the day. Yeah, you, you know, you weren't the best cornerback and, and you weren't on the best defense. But, I mean, they would love to trade places with you. I mean, you got to play in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, they're always for every hater or shitty person out there. There are, there are always a hundred people who appreciate what you did too. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I try to follow, especially with Twitter. Um, I follow most of the guys or women, um, that have a picture up. So I know this is a real person because <laughs> I know that there's a lot of fake accounts that get on just for that reason, just so that they can, you know, criticize uh, a person or, or start up some sort of controversy. So, uh, and I don't follow those accounts. 
Uh, for the most part, if somebody looks like they have a, a, a picture of themselves and it might be a real account, I follow back because I want to interact with them. If they got a question, I want to answer. I'm, you know, I, I, I tend to post uh, during sporting events and it's good to hear feedback from people uh, and, and kind of get a little conversation. Heck, I've developed some friendships through this stuff. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, when, when talking about, you know, the incidents you dealt with, uh, you know, it, when you look at back at recent chiefs history, you, you look at guys like Larry Johnson, he got into some big trouble a couple of times off the field. You look at Kareem hunt, who's a former chief now, but I mean, one of the incidents that he was involved in is one of the most talked about incidents that happened off the field. Uh, what is your advice for players that are, uh, maybe younger players in the NFL or, 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 or people who want to play in the NFL and want to maintain that level head and, and stay out of trouble. What is your advice to those guys? For one, take it very serious. Uh, you know, when you're put on a pedestal, you put, the, I mean, it, there's a really small room for, for, for failure. And, you know, we're not perfect. You know, we're going to make mistakes, but we can kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be a big mistake. You know, um, sometimes people are provoked. And when you're provoked, you know, there might be a situation that happened with Kareem Hunt. Um, and it's hard to not respond. Fortunately, I wasn't in one of those situations where uh, I've had to, you know, be physical with someone and, 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 and have that caught on tape or the situation with Larry Johnson. Um, so I can't speak on everybody's situation, but you have to understand, like when you're when, when you're on those teams, like yeah, you're under a spotlight. There's not a lot that you can do that won't get out. You know, you can't even you know rarely post something and try to take it back because once you hit that send button, it's gone. You know, it's pretty much out there to the world for the world to see. Uh, and as far as like incidents, if you can, um, you know. Heck, I, especially when I did the coaching in Nebraska, the one thing I would tell the guys that were uh, trying to pursue the NFL career is like, if you have a girlfriend, stay with her. You know, you know, don't get out there and start chasing women. Stay out. Of, bars are fun. Uh, always take somebody with you. You got enough money to afford cabs. Take a cab. Nowadays, Uber is you know right there at the touch of a button in your hand. So um, do whatever is is easiest for you. Uh, to keep your life out of the media and especially social media. Uh, I did want to ask you, being a former cornerback yourself, uh, I want to know what you think of Legarius Need. I mean, the only criticism you can re really say about him was his injuries. Other than that, man, uh, he probably would have been that defensive rookie of the year had he played all 16 games. What did you think of his, uh, his rookie campaign with the Chiefs? He's played really well. Um, you know, it's unfortunate when you have those kind of uh, injuries that, that that take you out for the season, and right now uh, I know we've had some some contract issues with what we're going to do with our secondary, and you know the main one being Tyron Matthew, and, and also we got Breland out there, and we don't know what you know what's going to happen with him. And I don't I, I think it's a matter of him wanting um, a, a really big deal because of what he's done so far. But you know I think we have a really good young secondary that you know. It's just unfortunate the way the, the, the salary cap works. And, you know, when you get a, a special player like Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey, you have to lock those kind of guys in and you lock them in with big money. 
Now, with that big money, it gives you less money to go out to try to keep the team together. And, and right now, you know, we're, we're kind of facing some of those issues with, you know, what we do with certain players. And, you know, so far, I love what we've done with the offensive line to upgrade that unit. Um, but we still have to look at some things with our secondary and, and, and how we can keep that together. Because I, I really think that Tyron Matthew is the Patrick Mahomes of our defense. You know, he is our, our playmaker. And so if we can lock him in, we lock him in. And with Snead, I hope he comes back, you know, uh, balling just the way he was for the injury. Um, if we're fortunate enough to bring in Breland, I love to have him. He knows the defense well. He knows the players well. And I think he had a really good season last year. Um, so uh, if we can put those guys and keep those guys all together, uh, I think we have a really, really good chance at uh, winning the Super Bowl for this season. But, you know, again, you got salary cap issues to deal with. Yeah, that is pretty tough. And, and I mean, I, I know the Chiefs, I think, Kelsey and Mahomes did restructure now. And look, I'm not going to pretend to understand the salary cap because I know it's very complex. Uh, I believe Tyreek Hill did do an interview saying he turned down an offer. Yeah, he wouldn't. So, and and look, Hey, I'm not going to fault any of those guys. I mean, they've got to look after themselves. I understand if I'm not mistaken, I believe Tyreek Hill, he's a single father of three, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, look, you gotta, you gotta look after yourself and, um, and I think this is his first best. big contract that he's on. You know, uh, I think Kelsey's into his third mm-hmm. big contract. So, yeah, he's able to do that. You know, Tariq has got a family. Uh, Travis doesn't have a family. Um, but uh, again, I know Travis is working on his third big contract. So he's got that that wiggle room to where he can take a lot of that money up front and to where the, the, the team can can make some moves with, with other other players. And I think the same things with, with Patrick is that I, it seems like they take a pay cut, but it's more so you just take a lot of that money up front um, in the signing bonus form and to, to open up some space for the for, to to get other players. And Tariq is is, is has been very special for us, and yeah. um, you know he, he takes the the top off of a lot of defenses uh, with his speed, and 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 he creates some havoc there. So uh, for him being on his, I, I want to I think this is his first big contract. You know, he doesn't know what's going to happen injury-wise. He doesn't know what's going to happen during the season. So it's a it's a scary situation to be in um, when you don't know because this is a physical game that, you know, at any moment you can go down and, and your know, career could be over. But in those other two guys, heck, they they got enough to be driving Brinks trucks to, truck, to, to practice. So uh, they're, they're able to do that. Uh, you know, I mean, here we are, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about the team and I know uh, on your podcast, you guys do a lot of, uh, analysis and maybe when needed, uh, some criticism. And I've had a chance to watch a few clips and listen to a couple of podcasts. Uh, and I really do enjoy the chiefs podcast, uh, where there are former players like your podcast, the chief concerns podcast. And, uh, Joe Valerio does one, uh, over at the believe podcast network. Um, I'm, I'm curious for, from your perspective, because I know a lot of players, they get very, I, I don't want to say sensitive, but they just don't like some of the negative criticism that comes sometimes, even if it might be warranted or, or if it's accurate, they still t- don't tend to like that um, negative criticism that the fans give or the media gives online uh, as a former player. Now, someone who does podcasting and, and talks a lot about the team on social media, how do you feel about, you know, 
criticism, uh, criticizing athletes as, as members of the media and, and fans? So I think that's one thing I don't do. I, I don't I, I don't have anything bad to say about any player. You know, if, if if a player messes up, you you know, it's a mistake. You know, like I said, nobody's perfect. Um, you know, we saw that in the in the Super Bowl. Heck, we, we were an unstoppable offense. There's no way you can tell me that our offense with Patrick Mahomes is not going to score a touchdown. And and you know, we go into the Super Bowl and we didn't do and we didn't score. Yeah. So uh there was no reason for me to criticize any particular player, whether that was the, the the, the left tackle or guard that had to step in and fill a spot or um, whoever else that couldn't block the Tampa's defensive uh, front seven. So it was just a matter of like, you know, we weren't prepared for that game, you know, uh, but I'm not one to go in and criticize anybody. Cause I, 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 I mean, I get what you're saying. I've been on that side. Um, and I just try to find the positives and everything and, and, you know, figure out what we can do going into a season to, to keep, you know, whatever happened um, that was bad from happening again. And, yeah, you're right. A lot of players don't like that. Uh, but me, if, if anybody's got a question for me, anything that pertains to my life, I, I, I haven't shied away from anything, any questions. And I've done many a podcast to answer all the things that I've done in my life, whether good or bad. And so, um, you know, like I said, I got a great family support system. I got a great friend support system. So, uh, a lot of that keeps me, um, you know, happy most days. So uh, as far as, you know, criticism, uh, maybe a, a, a written comment on Twitter might affect me, but it's not just going to ruin me completely. So I did want to how many times have you had a chance to uh, go back to Arrowhead as, as a fan uh, since you retired from the NFL? So the, the crazy thing about it, and I just told Jason Dunn this, um, you know, being cut is it kind of touch it, it, it bothers you a little bit. And you understand it's a business. We, you know, when you play for that long, you've seen a lot of people go come and go. Um, and it bothers a lot of people when they have to get cut. And so for quite a while, I wouldn't go back to Kansas City. Heck, I, I had still had my house there for years oh, wow. and never went back. And so, uh, you know, I had to get over myself. Like, you know, heck, this is a team that basically gave me the the career that I have now. I mean, heck, you know, I was, I didn't have to work. You know, I made enough money in Kansas city to where I could sit on my butt and do whatever. And so uh, I couldn't let, you know, uh, because my contract wouldn't fit into what the new coach wanted to do or what the team wanted to do and uh, whatever direction that they wanted to go. And plus I knew physically I wasn't able to do uh, what was asked of me. So, um, you know, that's just the nature of the business. But again, when you're in that position and you're the one being cut, you don't feel that way at the time. It just takes you some time to get over it. And there's a lot of guys that I talk to, I continue to talk to that still to this day, you know, some of them haven't gone to Chiefs games uh, because they, they felt like it was bad blood between them having to get cut. Oh, wow. But, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that way now. I go back every year. Uh, we have an ambassador's game that, you know, you know, whether somebody's getting inducted into the ring of honor um, or some sort, or it's just, uh, a weekend for have to have all the old guys back. And I go back every year for that. So it's great to see a lot of those old faces. Uh, great to be a part of the new team. So I, I'm curious because as a player, you obviously didn't experience the, the arrowhead experience from the stands because you're obviously playing the game. I'm curious. What is that like being a player 
in the loudest stadium in the NFL. And then after your playing career, getting uh, to experience that from a fan standpoint, can you kind of talk about the differences in that and just what your experience is as a former player being a fan in the stands? Oh, I enjoy it. It's it's different. Um, So I've never sat in the stands like with the fans. Yeah. (laughs) Because they have a section for um, us players. And so you don't get to sit and have someone be like, oh, there's such and such. And they have a lot of questions for you or like why this happened, why that happened. Uh, So I I haven't had that experience yet. You know, even going back to Nebraska to watch games there, it's the same way. Like you have a section to where it's players that get to watch uh, uh, from their little area. So you don't get to be really involved with the fans, of which I don't mind. But, you know, if they're going to put me in a good section to where I can see the game and enjoy it, then I'm going to take it. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a little different. But, you know, I'm a fan. You know, I sit back and watch it uh, with joy. And, I you know, when things go bad, I, I, I feel their pain. You know, I know what they're going through. So, uh, but I love what we have right now. We have a fun team that's, uh, you know, I, I think that could – be a dynasty and depending on what we do as far as keeping a lot of these key players can win a few Super Bowls yeah I think a lot of people are excited for that I feel like personally as a fan uh you know waiting for that big name quarterback that superstar quarterback it it was tough at times but definitely uh worth the wait now so feels uh feels pretty good that's for sure man yes it does (laughs) a couple more questions before we let you go here uh, I want to go back to social media. Sean on Facebook, you mentioned Nebraska just now, so I feel like this is a perfect time to ask this. Uh, you are a part of a couple of undefeated teams in Nebraska. Sean says, what was the best Nebraska team you played on? Was it 94, 95, or 97? Man, that 95 team was so much fun, and uh, it was just to see the things that, you know, rest in peace, Lawrence Phillips was doing, uh, Tommy Frazier was doing. Um, our front seven, uh, it was just phenomenal to, to know that, you know, you go out on a team that seems so basic because we're not some complicated offense. We're just going to run the option. You know what we're going to run, how we're going to run it, but you can't stop it. And a lot of, you know, especially like with our defense, there wasn't a lot of blitzing because you couldn't stop our defensive line. And so you going up against high-powered offenses, you know, with Danny Warfel down in Florida, um, and then you get Peyton Manning, um, you know, who's a Hall of Famer, college, collegiate Hall of Famer and an NFL Hall of Famer, and you go out and you put a spanking on these guys um, from what they were doing in college. It's just, it was just so much fun to, to see that, you know, what Coach Osborne had put together uh, had came to fruition just within so many years of, of you know, and, yeah, we had some guys that were, you know, got in trouble. But yet the way he handles everything um, and, and then gets the best out of each and every player that lined up for him. It was just a, a phenomenal few years that I had in college. Uh, somebody on Twitter uh, at Chiefs out west uh, wanted to ask, and I know you, you touched on this a little bit. What what made uh, Tom Osborne such a great coach and a great leader? So we had, geez, I don't even know how many guys. I want to say maybe over 200 guys on the team. And a lot of them were walk-ons. And for the most part, guys from all over the U.S. that just, that, that you know, he recruited. 
but Coach Osborne knew every single guy on a first name basis. When he talked to you, he can give you talk to you about your entire life of what you did before you got to to Nebraska. And it just he just took things personal to uh, understand and get to know the players that he was coaching and did the same thing with the coaching staff. I think he, he split up his, his, uh, his paycheck throughout the coaching staff because they weren't making um, the best, you know, the uh, six figures. I want to say, I don't know what it was back in those days, but uh, uh, lots of money. So he was just one of a kind that, you know, a man, a few words, uh, but when he spoke, you list, um, and I've never seen him angry or, or say a swear word. So it's almost like having a grandparent that you never want to disappoint. You just take so much pride and joy when you see him and you want to, you know, always make them happy. So you, you, you did whatever it took to make them happy. So, and so when he got, you know, we got, we lined up, you know, it was, it was a, a, a fun display to see, uh, those teams back then play. We've had a lot of good questions. I said I was only going to ask a couple of them, but we've had a lot of good ones come in. This is the last question I'll ask you. This comes from Corey on Facebook. He says, if you were playing in the NFL today and you could get a pick six against any quarterback, who would that be and why? You know what's crazy about that? I, I would want it against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my Chiefs, so I would hate to be on an opposing team. But, yeah, I, if anybody – It'd be him, um, just because of, of the the talent that he that he brings to the to the, to the game. Well, Eric, before you go, I, you mentioned the podcast you do. Um, tell us how people can uh, listen to that, and also uh, how can people connect with you on social media. So I'm on Twitter at ea warfield uh, forty four. I'm on Instagram at the same handle at ea warfield uh, forty four. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Um, our podcast is every Thursday called Chiefs Concern. We do it at 6 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. And Jason's out in Kentucky. Marcus is out in Virginia. I'm here in Dallas, Texas. So it's a Zoom, uh, a Zoom cast, that, that Zoom podcast that we do. And we're not – we don't do it to where people can uh, – we get a lot of uh, people that call in. Uh, because ours is recorded, and then we put it out on on various uh, avenues to, to for people to listen to. So mostly it's on YouTube um, and and Twitter that people can check it out. So it's a lot of fun, you know. They Marcus created that, and I, I was happy he did. And it was, you know, I didn't watch a lot of football, like you know, to to want to talk and discuss everything that Marcus does. But you know, Marcus was he's in the media out in Virginia. Yeah. So he was the perfect guy to, to set it all up. And I was like, man, I'll try it out, you know, for a couple of weeks. And now here it is. I think we're like 30 plus episodes in. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've gotten to know Marcus a little bit. Uh, he and I have exchanged uh, tweets before, uh, DMs before. He was supposed to come on my podcast uh, a couple of months ago, but he had, he had something to come up. Uh, he's Iranian also, like me. So he's a, he's a Middle Eastern brother from another mother. So a uh, really good dude. Definitely uh, yeah. really getting to know him. So. <laughs> Uh, he'll, he'll be on the podcast sometime and, uh, your buddy, Jason Dunn, I think he's going to be on the podcast either this week or next week. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Man, I love both of those guys. So, I mean, it, even if you get a chance, you need to come on also. Yeah. Uh, Marcus has mentioned that. So I, th I think, uh, 
we'll, we'll definitely make that happen at some point. Hey, Eric, uh, I know uh, we touched on some personal things about your past. I appreciate you being honest about that, opening up about all of that, and also talking about everything else in between. Uh, we'll have to do this again, man. Keep in touch. And uh, yep. I'm sure we'll uh, listen to you and uh, follow you on social media. Sounds good. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, Eric. That is Eric Warfield, former Chiefs cornerback here on Farscast. Appreciate all the questions we got and everyone joining us here on the podcast. We're going to go, go ahead and wrap things up. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the links with your friends. Like I said, Jason Dunn's going to be coming up soon. And then Dan Shanka from OurLads.com, former Chiefs and KU football scout. Uh, a lot of great guests coming up in, in the month of June. Very, very excited for that. So keep it locked. Keep it uh, on the Farscast podcast and uh, subscribe. Like I said, share it with your friends. And until then, I will talk to you guys next time. Take care.